You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 135, recorded December 6th. 2021. The topic for this episode is Ripples Part 2. I am your host for this episode, evening episode. My name is Orchid. And I am Elemist. Are you okay? I'm fine. I was like, is it evening or is it just episode? It was... <laughs> I don't know how to do you're, this anymore. You're, you're not having a stroke or anything, right? <laughs> I can't smell toast, so no. I'm fine, I swear. It's been a long day. Let's just do this. Oh my god. Here's some podcast info. Maybe I'll get better as the episode goes on. Here's the hope. We encourage feedback. Oh my god, right? <laughs> <laughs> we can only go downhill from here. <laughs> With an increasing speed. Oh god. We encourage feedback. It can be sent to us on Twitter. At guardians underscore lore. You can just straight up at me at hey, it's Orchid. Or you can tweet at Elmist, who just retweets stuff at I underscore man. I am underscore Elmist. You know, I'm just going to fucking restart. We encourage feedback. It can be sent to us on Twitter. <laughs> guardians underscore lore. You can tweet at me at hey, it's Orchid. You can tweet at Elmist at I underscore am underscore Elmist. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you can find the podcast, or you can go just talk to us in our Discord where we're not talking about spoilers for Halo or for the 30th anniversary, which just dropped in discord.gg slash lorehub. You can also find our info on thelorenetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. We are still there. Yeah. Woo. <coughs> Totally nailed it the first time. <laughs> Definitely didn't have to do that again. <laughs> first time every time. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be one of those episodes, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Mondays just hit differently, don't they? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> This week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle, there was a Guardians mental health uh, charity stream this past weekend. I was a part of it. We raised lots of money. I don't actually know what the total amount was raised, but my two-hour block was uh, $550. Woo! So thank you, everyone, that came for my block. I really, really appreciate it. Um, it I was super, that's, super nervous. That's really impressive. <laughs> Thank you. I was really nervous because I am not good at um, performing like a monkey for money. I mean, I do on my own stream, but this was on their stream using like their stream key. So they're like, please don't swear. Please don't do this. Like, you know, be good. <laughs> don't be like your usual fucky self. And I'm like, ah. Oh no. How difficult was that for you? Super difficult because I was just like, 
I don't realize when I swear a lot of times because I just do it. And I try not to. If I think about it, then my brain just stalls out. So <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I know. You start sputtering. I'm just... <laughs> So I I tried really hard not to, and I know a couple slipped because we had a couple people in our community just dropped like a lot of money, and I was just absolutely speechless. One person um, dropped two hundred and fifty dollars, and I'm like, "Fucking what?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oops." <laughs> <laughs> but. They were they were mostly like this is a destiny stream and I'm like I'm playing Osu. <laughs> it's just playing Osu for two hours. It was a lot of fun. Um, played a lot of music and people were just like, "What is this game?" And I'm like, "It's a rhythm game. Get on it. It's free." <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. So lots of money was raised. It was uh for the um mental health kits which are free and you can request one for yourself and you should because they are good so oh yeah you can request one on their website i think it's guardiansmh.org correct or you can look and um see guard at guardiansmh on twitter and you can go find a link to their website there and request uh you can request mental health resources you can request a kit for yourself there. And actually the way that they count their kits are really cool. They count their kits in miles traveled and not number of kits they've sent out. Oh, that is cool. And that is like the coolest. It's the coolest thing ever. So that is, cool. I think it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's just super neat. So, um, I, I really appreciate, uh, Joe, the head of guardians mental health for asking me in the first place. And, uh, I had a really good time. So I don't know if they'll ever ask me back, but uh, I had a, a really fun time. So it was a good experience. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's fun. If anything, he and I are friends on Destiny. We play a lot of Gambit together. So. Speaking of mental health. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I have sad girl hours. That's when I play Gambit. That's why I'm such a Gambit sweat. <laughs> Let's have a lot of sad girl hours. <laughs> sad girl all the time just play gambit oh jeez don't mind me don't mind me that's why I'm a real high ranked gambit player <laughs> <laughs> um, they are also having Bungie is also having a charity event which is over by now uh, when we're recording it they have one more day it's the game to give charity event there's a bunch of freebies they have this every year uh, this is for the Bungie foundation uh, I think it's for iPads for kids and so they can run the foundation itself. So this is always a good thing. You know, money for the kids. Yep. Always like to fund the kids. So I donated during one of my friend's streams. Also because the emblem's really pretty this year. So I'm always doing it for the emblems. You know me. Yeah. Also, the ship is really cool this year, too. The ship does look cool. The ship is super cool. It's like one of those Halo ships. It reminds me of the trial ship. It's in the shape of a heart. I know. And then there's a two-person heart emote that you could get as well. That's really neat. Um, they were all in the TWAB from um, the 2nd of December, if you wanted to see. 
there was also a separate blog post specifically for game to give. Mm-hmm. That's true. Let's see. Um, the also Trials Labs freelance that is going between December 31st and January 3rd. So during the new year, if you want to do freelance, that is the time to do it. So all of us sad people that are spending New Year's alone, we can do the freelance trials. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> well, we can do trials alone as we spend New Year's alone again. Oh, that, that just makes it worse. I know. <laughs> oh God, are they gonna have freelance Maybe. trials during like Valentine's Day? Maybe. I don't know. They better have fucking Crimson Days this year. I'm gonna get real mad. Incur the wrath of Orchid. They're gonna have Crimson Days for for anybody who actually has a partner, and then uh, <laughs> freelance trials for anybody who doesn't. Oh my God. Oh my god. Oh. No. Jeez Louise. <laughs> anyway, um, they probably won't have anything because that's when Witch Queen comes out. Well, I, I mean, it's a couple weeks before Witch Queen comes out. So, I mean, there might be something. We don't know. I mean, I would really, Bunchy, if you're listening, because you always are saying we're listening, I would really like Crimson Days this year since you fucked us last year. Like, to the point of me, like, crying so please please give me one thing please please can i have crimson days back please but they're <laughs> already you. but they're already giving you something the photosensitivity changes they should give me that anyway <laughs> i i agree let's talk about moments of triumph before we end that yeah because i'm excited about moments of triumph my goodness. Moments of Triumph is going to be amazing. So, Almas, do you want to go into that? There's going to be a lot of triumphs. You go and do them. <laughs> You're so disappointing. That's not the first time I've heard that. There are people who have never done Moments of Triumph before. It's kind of a celebration of the last year that you've done yeah. uh, for Destiny. It's It's kind of a do all the raids that you did before, do a bunch of activities that are still in the game. Essentially, it's essentially it's kind of like a year in review it's like go do all of the lost sectors go do all of the public events go do all of the raids go do all the dungeons go do this that and the other go do crucible go do gambit go do everything and so it's kind of a a smorgasbord of destiny is that would that be the right word yeah yeah it, it essentially essentially there's triumphs that tie back to almost all the playlists yeah all the activities that you can do mm-hmm. um and like i said it's it's a year in review so back in d1 it was like oh hey we released vanilla d1 we released the dark below and we released house of wolves so go to the basic stuff for those like, you know, finish campaigns and then go do the end game activities. In D2, it was always tied to like the summer event. So there was something related to Solstice, um, you know, Solstice of Heroes. Mm-hmm. But since that's not the case right in this particular year, I don't know how it's going to work out. Yeah, it usually goes hand in hand with doing uh, your armor at the same time. So 
don't know how that is. It's going to be different. We'll see. Yeah. But like if you've seen people run around with like an MMXX above their name, that's what it's from. It's from Moments of Triumph. Um, you usually get really, really cool looking emblems. So the emblem this year is definitely really, really pretty. And I really want it. Uh, there's it's probably also going to yeah. be tied to doing like a grandmaster and a bunch of other stuff and uh, things we've done on Europa that we haven't done in months in like nine months. Yeah, it's probably it's going to make a bunch of stuff relevant again. Yeah, because it's going to be like do like a what are those called? Empire hunt. Uh, yeah, that it's going to be a go do an empire <laughs> It's been so long, I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> what up? Oh, it's going to be go find all the bread hats. Oh, shit. I'm going to have to go find all the bread hats. Um, but essentially, like, like I said before, it's whatever was released in that year. They typically have one or two triumphs tied to that activity. Um, So, like, I can see them doing, you know... Europa stuff. I could see them doing season of the hunt stuff. Override. Like I can see a lot of these things being triumphs for moments of triumph. Presage. Um, Hawk Moon. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff that we're gonna lose. That they're gonna vault is all gonna be in it. So, um, it's gonna be kind of a last hurrah before they get rid of it all. So it's kind of a last goodbye. And essentially, you'll have until February probably. Mm -hmm. yeah i can't imagine it's gonna be like you have three weeks to do all of this good good luck <laughs> not like solstice yeah yeah no this is gonna be fun i can't wait um the t-shirt you usually get your name on it on the sleeve so that's fun i have all of my t-shirts still i do too but i think my yeah. age of triumph one has a hole in the armpit mine are getting <laughs> a bit worn um I wear mine to work. Yeah, that's the way I should have worn it. Yeah, mine, I wear mine to work. <laughs> and unfortunately, I work with a lot of acid and I lean against the counters. So all of my shirts and sweatshirts have holes, like where my stomach leans against the counters when I'm like trying to reach stuff on upper shelves. So I like, I've. So they're holy. Yes, my shirts are holy. Aww. <laughs> uh. <laughs> They are, um they're also gonna have a pin tied to it yeah you get, um mm -hmm, you get a seal just like any other year yep they're gonna have a strange coin yeah which uh people who never played destiny one uh would not know what this is because they've not been in destiny two right essentially they were currency so that you could go buy stuff from Zur. So if you never got Gallarhorn to drop in Destiny 1, you went and bought it <laughs> from Sir. Either that or... <laughs> With a bunch of strange coins. Either that or you did the quest when Rise of Iron came out. Or you did the quest. That's true. You could do the quest when Rise of Iron, yeah. I know a bunch of people that saved their strange coins and just bought it <laughs> from Sir. But yeah, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that is just going to be handed out to to anybody who does all the triumphs um mm -hmm. a lot of it's cosmetic it's just fun stuff to collect yeah but you can wear them as pride as a uh 
token of of pride that you know you got everything done i'm really excited this is um it's really nice like i honestly didn't think they were going to do it this year so well like they've it's pretty great done it every year for the past six years it makes sense that they would do it it's just i know we didn't know when but there was there was nothing they didn't say anything about it and solstice came and went without any mention of it and so without moments of triumph tied to solstice like every year everyone's like what but then again i mean solstice came in like halfway through the actual you know bungee year yeah i know it was kind of a weird year so i i do understand everybody's questioning it but at the same time i'm like it's it's also tradition at this point final season of the the year because we also had um moments of triumph during season of arrivals and that one went until november yeah moments of triumph was really long for um it was about three months for that season yeah we had a bunch of raids to do for that one too so i know you're you're excited about moments of triumph but i'm really excited about the armor mod changes that they're making yeah um i like the title let's talk glim glam so do you want to talk all about this since you are the most excited about it? So why don't you just take it away? So essentially, the way things work now is in order to change a mod on your armor, you have to pay a certain amount of glimmer and at the very least. The way they're doing it now, and, and this is as of the 30th anniversary drop, armor mod changes do not cost glimmer at all. That was the only thing that was stopping third-party apps like Ishtar Commander or Dim, um, Little Light, from actually allowing like mod changes. Because a third-party app cannot spend your glimmer for you. And now that they're they're eliminating the glimmer cost, third-party apps can actually set mod changes now as part of like loadouts or whatever. So if I want to go in and say, you know, I want to have my charge with light mod loadout, I can easily just click a button. All my armor, all my mods, weapons will all switch around to specifically the loadout I want. And then it's like, oh, hey, I have a loadout specifically for Jav 4 Crucible for, you know, 6v6. I can click a button and everything will change specifically for that. Like, I'm excited about this. This is great for those really finicky people um, like Pigeon and other friends of mine who love to build like a bunch of builds and love to finagle all of their mods and will sit in orbit for like 10 minutes touching all of their stuff. Yep. And you're like, can we just do the thing? And they're like, no, we have to change all of our mods. We have to really think about it before we start. And I'm like, I have like two pieces of armor. Can we just go? <laughs> like, Now, like I, I see myself benefiting from this specifically for right. GMs and uh, raids. Uh-huh. So you can have like a raid build specifically for Deepstone Crypt with all of your Deepstone yep. raid mods on it and then put it away. Heck, you can have specific loadouts for each encounter if you wanted. 
Like you oh can you can get as granular as you want. Holy shit. Right. I mean, I'm thinking I'm thinking This is why I'm excited. I'm thinking like prophecy. I like to have one specific loadout when I go into prophecy. I like to have a different loadout when I do the first boss. I have a different loadout when I do the second, when I do like Yep. Um the cube when room. I do cube room. And I have a different loadout when I do the, the final boss. Right. So like, so you could actually set four different loadouts. Specifically for prophecy. Yeah. That's amazing. And I wouldn't have to change all of my stuff. Now, like, the the caveat is that the the third-party apps can't equip things specifically while you're in an activity. But, like, you can just preload all of those onto you before you head out. And then, you know, as you complete each encounter, just swap out the armor. You The mods are already done. Like, this is a good thing. I'm really excited about this. I am too. <sighs> that was satisfying. Okay. I'm glad you're satisfied. <laughs> Toki's also satisfied. Oh, I bet he is. Mm-hmm. Something that's really neat, speaking of third-party apps, is that um, they're doing the parallel program emblem, so it's kind of a cool little like pinwheel emblem. Um, I don't really like the colors, but that's because I, you know, like pastel nightmare colors. But um, if you see it in game, uh, you can see it in the TWAB itself. But it's for people who've made those third party apps that we all use, which I think is really neat. I like the fact that they're doing that. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's Bungie's way of saying thank you for, for helping the community. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, so it's for, you know, for Dim and, like, Ishtar, all those things. Dim, Ishtar Commander, Little Light. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I wonder if, if it's even going to talk about, like, different websites, like D2 Armor Picker or Ishtar Collective. I hope Baxter gets one. Right. Because I think it's is the most useful website the entire community has used. Right. That, that that that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, if they decide to go into websites as well, like there's a plethora. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, on to the best part. If you've been following this podcast for you know, which I know you have, because everyone's like, I just started listening to this podcast at the beginning. I'm like, why would you do that? But you know, this is what people do. <laughs> I'm like, it's gotten so much better since the beginning. But they're like, no, no, no. I started at episode one and now I'm here. And I'm like, oh, okay. We, you know, we do this, you know, we're up to date <laughs> with things. Like we talk about recent news. Like, no, 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 no. We're, we're doing, we're starting at the beginning. Despite the fact that you do recent news. We know that you do recent <laughs> news. It's like. But we're starting at the beginning. It's like reading a book. You don't start halfway through. <laughs> episode one i'm like but but recent recent new nope doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter I'm like, okay that's fine okay <laughs> we're just gonna consider this some sort of captain's log captain's log start date today so if you've been following this podcast 
you will know that blinky shit is real bad for me. <laughs> uh, it makes my brain completely seize up. And so I can't look at like I'm I am a, a rare photosensitive epileptic. Most epileptics are not photosensitive. You will not know this. This is you will assume that all epileptics are photosensitive. No, 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 no. This is not the case. Most photosensitive epileptics um, are a rarity. Like we are rare. We are not the norm. However, photosensitivity is not just like an epilepsy thing. It, people who have migraines are super photosensitive. Obviously, yep. you can be photosensitive and not have migraines. Um, you can just have like auras. You can and be photosensitive, so you can just like. You can, your eyes can just be like, I fucking hate this. You can just be really photosensitive. It's there are like medications you can be on that make you photosensitive. You know, you can just have bad eyesight and be photosensitive. It's not just an epilepsy thing. But for me, like it gives me seizures. And um, there are other people. There's some people who work at Bungie who have photosensitive epilepsy. So it's not just me. But um, for me, it's dangerous. And <laughs> it's like the amount of flashing in the game has gotten as such that I can't play like at least two thirds of the game now. I think I can play Gambit mostly. I can't go in some of the rooms anymore. Like I can shoot from outside the rooms. Like when witches are dead, I can go in the rooms again. Um and I can play Crucible. That's pretty much it. Like, that is, like, how bad the game has gotten, like, since they changed a lot of their lighting with Beyond Light. So, I made a big, huge complaint last March, maybe? Something like that. March. Yeah. So I made a big, huge complaint. I made a big stink about it because I was finally super, super tired of not being able to play the game. And um, it, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, that's really bad. Uh, fuck, we should change that. <laughs> and Bungie's like, oh, we're sorry. We didn't realize you can't play our game. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of people can't play our game. Maybe you should change that. And so they did, apparently. So these are the photosensitivity changes. And it actually like went down my list of complaints. Ooh, as you see here. So let's read through them. They went live on Tuesday, which is tomorrow for me. But as you are listening to this uh, a couple of days ago. So screen explosions reduce the bright flash, intense glows, hive headshots and darkness blasts. Apparently those are reduced. Hooray! Taking projectiles? Fuck you, Taken, you're gone. The hollow layer boss fight? I haven't been able to do hollowed layer in literal years. Like literal years. So I'm actually excited to go jump in and see if that did anything to hollowed layer. Because <laughs> that is just a nightmare to do. I thought maybe it was like I got a better TV and a different xbox so i thought oh it's my new tv is you know better so i turned right. the brightness down i changed the settings on it and i was like nope and then i thought maybe it's my new xbox and i can change the settings on that no and then i 
started playing on my computer and I was like, oh, fuck, maybe it's my computer. Like, I'll change all the settings on my computer. No, it's destiny. It's not any of those things. I guys, I have tried my best to play on multiple different. I play on Stadia. Do you realize I've tried to play Destiny on Stadia to avoid all of this? Because Stadia is the worst possible platform to play Destiny on. I have done my <laughs> best to play Destiny on Stadia to play all of the things because that's how much I want to play the game. Jeez. Like, I have suffered through Stadia so I can play Destiny because I don't want to be left out of things. Because people are like, oh, you just don't want to play. You're just using um, having epilepsy as an excuse because you don't want to play the game. No, fuck you people. Fuck you people who say that to me. I will find you and I'll cut you. No, I won't really. I'm actually really nice. But no, fuck you people. I've done my best. I've suffered through fucking playing on Stadia because I want to play the game. Seriously. Like, I just hopefully this fixes it. But, like, the scorn are terrible. The hollowed layer boss fight is a nightmare. Yeah. Like, Elvis, like, you said it was a nightmare. Like, you played it for what? How many times did you play that Nightfall? Oh, it must have been, like, 30 in a single week. Like, it, going through that many times, I there were certain points during that boss fight that I was like, oh, I can see how this is an issue. Because, like, it, it starts giving you a, a headache or you start, you know, getting a migraine and it's like, I, this sucks. I mean, if I'm doing the boss fight, I have to go sit in a corner and then my friends finish it for me. Like, if that strike comes along and the way that they've set up strikes now, you can't leave a strike. Right. You have to keep doing it or you lose your, like, strike count. Yep. So, like, I will not finish the rocket launcher blanket this season because I've had to leave too many strikes because the fucking, like, hollow layer keeps coming up. Like, that is because of that, because of the scorn, because of the taken, because of all the flashing and all the different strikes, I've not been able to finish strikes. Now, with... Like, that is what I fucking live with. Now, with, with the new changes, if they actually are beneficial for you... You've got three months. Yeah, I'm. Hopefully, I'll be able to finish it. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna try, but I mean, like, time is a factor at this point. Yeah, Halo is coming slash came out, so this is one of those like. Hopefully, if it fixed it, there are things on here that weren't mentioned. Vog did not come out by the time like my list like went up. And my list was not comprehensive. I'm glad they added arc abilities and screen effects because oh, I did have a lot of problems with arc abilities, especially like people using Dunies in front of me is a huge problem. Like chain lightning is such a problem and like um, pulse grenades are a problem for me. Well, but. And, and also like with how they're changing the shoulder charges. Mm hmm. The the arc shoulder yeah. charge was gonna blind people. Yeah. So like Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Right. I won't know until I hopefully go into crucible. This will be the the answer. Yeah. I mean, I won't know until we go into crucible and find out. But um 
they said nothing about Vogue on it, and Vogue does give me issues. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm um, I'm looking forward to trying it all out, and like I did tweet about it when these came out. Um, but like, it's kind of like I can't wait to see if it gives me a seizure, <laughs> which is like <laughs> a weird thing, to, thing say. to say. I know, and someone's like, that's such a metal thing to say. And I'm like, is it? Because it's like, that's kind of the attitude you have to take with this. Right? Because I want to, like, I want to, you, you have to kind of throw yourself in and see what happens. You can't just, like, you can take whatever precautions you can. And I'll, I have my, I've told other people um what people see on stream and what i see on my screen is totally different mm -hmm. like everyone on stream sees like a normal monitor the settings that i have that i see it's just totally fucking bonkers like the the color and the settings and the contrast are just very muted and weird to try to downplay all of the contrast um because i have to do that just to get through destiny if i can um and it's a quick setting that i can switch back and forth to so my monitor doesn't look weird when i'm trying to do stuff like this so i can use it normally but like you just have to kind of throw yourself into it and if it gives you problems still then i know what i can and can't do but i'm a scientist and this is you know, taking data now. So yeah, one day at a time. I'm excited. I'm like, I'm actually like really stoked to play all the things I've not been able to play for months and months and months and months and months. Yep. Like I want to go do like presage again. And I want to go do all the things I've not been able to do because I want to <laughs> see if I can. Yep. We will tackle this one seizure at a time. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Oh god, maybe that's like a ban. But no, well, like, be, essentially, that's what you're doing. I know, but god, you make it sound terrible. But you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just keeping it real. It'll be, it'll be fine. But I'm really happy. So I'm really happy that Bungie's um doing all of this, and this is like a step in the right direction. So, yay! It is. Yay, accessibility changes. Everyone <laughs> should be able to play and not be left behind. Exactly. Now, if only they had actually made the Deepstone Crypt still relevant, I'd actually do raids all the time. She doesn't say saltily. Right. But, you know, whatever. <sighs> my my Deepstone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um... Uh-huh. The final bit for all of our Xbox Destiny 2 players. Remember yes. that all of Destiny 2 has left Game Pass. Mm-hmm. This is just a reminder. Um, also, something really important. Uh, Monarch is getting a new ornament with a 30th anniversary release. <laughs> That's the most important thing. Is that, though? Yes, it's finally happening, guys. Is it that important, though? It's 
finally happening. The monarch is finally getting an ornament. Yay! <laughs> Everyone cheer. It's finally here. But is no? that the most important thing? Yes. Although, like, I, I will admit that ornament does look really good. Um, you can buy the ornament straight from your weapon. Yeah. I am into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they said, you know, we'll be adding a new avenue for players to discover and acquire exotic ornaments, I didn't exactly think, oh, hey, we're going to add in a little button that you can just purchase it straight from your exotic weapon. I'm cool with that. I thought it was going to be all something like, oh, hey, we're going to be adding in ornaments that you can earn in game. But no, no. Earn in game. Who do you think they uh, are? Right. It's a business. Earn in game. Right. <laughs> right. No. Lol. Earn. I was excited by the first <laughs> sentence and then disappointed by the second. <laughs> you and me with your dad last night wait ew I know wait I just ew yeah ew like ew. like the thing about my dad is that you can't even get your hands around his neck because he has no neck where did his neck go I don't know you gotta dig around the fat oh I was gonna say did you take it somewhere no oh Oh, oh, this is something important. Hold on. Hold on. This is important. What am I holding on to? Your dick? I don't know. Okay. Uh, Crossplay has text chat now for consoles. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll be able to turn on text chat display in your settings. Uh, yep. By using the ghost menu, you'll be able to bring up the display mm -hmm. to see any missed messages. Yep. You won't be able to send messages, uh, but you'll finally be able to read them. But <laughs> but if you're using, and, and this is coming with Witch Queen, okay? Mm -hmm. What does USB keyboard text chat on consoles mean? You will not be able to move your character via the keyboard. You'll be able to invoke the text chat window by pressing enter. You'll be able to text chat using the full suite of chat channels in Destiny. You'll be able to pick from up to or from five different font size display options. And IME support will follow in an update shortly after Witch Queen. Yep. So, yeah. When you play with PC players, you're not going to be able to actually respond until Witch Queen. <laughs> yep so you can tell the people you're playing with I see what you're saying but I disagree <laughs> because you literally see I, what they say I mean enjoy the toxic text chat that is PC yeah. like you're not gonna I I had a conversation a couple months ago. I, I It's less of a conversation, more of a one-sided thing from somebody in the community saying like, oh, how am I supposed to tell people on consoles GG or on PC GG? 
if we don't have text chat, you know, when it comes out, I'm like, you don't, you don't tell people on PCGG after a match. Do you know why? Because they'll tell you, fuck you to your face it, it until just, you get lost. It literally. Because it's not the same. It's not the same kind of community as consoles are because PC players were a bunch of fucking weird gremlins. We're the weird gremlins that you shouldn't feed after midnight or get wet. Well, and and even We're then, the co- like messaging people after a match, like it it just opens you up to all kinds of retaliation. Yeah, you don't do that. And then like I don't even do that on console. New no, on Steam, you have to friend somebody in order to message them. And when you do that, it's usually because you're going to shout abuse at them. It's not to be like, hey, I love your emblem. That's usually those are the messages I get is, hey, how'd you get your emblem? And it's I won the fashion award. That's my answer. On Xbox, it's you fucking suck. You bitch. Like, yep. those are the messages I usually get. Like, you're garbage. Yep. And I'm I usually answer, oh, my big brother let me use his account or, you know, like I have one eyeball or something like, OK, hell, you know, there was one point where I got hate mail for for doing horrible in a match from somebody who did worse than me. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I'm like, OK, sure. I mean, like, this is the thing. So I. Plug in a keyboard and you know talk to your PC brethren at your own at your, at, at your own peril. So that I'm just letting you know that this is these are the people that you're going to talk to. It mu- it's really useful and it's super useful in a raid because you can put like like L five R one in yeah. text chat and it can sit there and you can see it so you don't have to remember. Like that's really good. That so, that would be the only actual use that I see myself having it for. Yeah. Is just for for specific callouts that I have to remember. Mhm. No, it's really good for callouts, so it's super useful for raids and stuff, but if if you want to do it for like PVP, like do not do. Just, just warning you. Unless you want to like meme on people, then you know, go ahead. So, just a fair warning to all the console people who are super excited for text chat. Just maybe not for PvP. I usually turn mine off now because I just don't want to be, you know, yelled at. Yeah. Like I just I, I don't see myself using it. Yeah. Even even for the the select few instances that I could see myself using it, I, I probably won't. Yeah. Just because I'm gonna forget that it's there. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I've had people try to yell at me on Xbox, like in messages when I'm playing on PC, and then I just like laugh maniacally at them. Like, what are you trying to do? Like, why are you sending me an Xbox message? <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Like, I mean, it pops up on my phone, so I'm, I'm just like, lol. Question mark. Get wrecked. <laughs> just, like, send them a meme in return. I'll just send them a picture whatever anyway um that's about it uh here's a lore network ad go have fun goodbye
The Lord Network. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. Tasty. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I just had carrots for dinner. I'm hungry again. You said tasty, and I'm like, mm. were they though? Like, they're those like multicolored ones. They just taste like turnips, so they taste like nothing. Oh, and see those I I would. There's just like the disappointment ones. They're disappointment carrots. I I would make candied carrots out of that. That sounds really good. I didn't cook them. I just ate them raw. So, so essentially, you cook them in in pancake syrup. What? So you just made you made pancakes, but out of carrots? No, 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 no. Like you put carrots in a pot. You put pancake syrup in the pot you bring it to a boil uh-huh and then you serve the carrots okay i mean that sounds really good <laughs> that just sounds like sugar but also vegetables it's how my parents were able to get me to eat carrots as a kid my parents gave me peas and like whatever else and they're like you're gonna fucking eat these or you're not gonna leave this table and then they'd smack me. And that was like pretty much how I was raised. I'm like, okay, this is how it's going to be. Cool. And see, my family so. tried that with me, but I would literally sit there until bedtime. Oh, yeah. No, I had better things to do. So I would just eat it and then go do other things. Because <laughs> I had better things to do. Anyway, brief intro to the topic. This lore book was obtained by completing the weekly quest and listening to the audio recordings in the terminal next to the Wayfinder, uh, which I could also like never figure out how to do half the time because they're too close to each other. Yep. It's supplemental. For, oh, my God. It was so frustrating. I'm like, where's the button? You had to back up way too far to get it to work. Supplemental for the season of the lost story. So we're going to try to include what actually happened during that week because we wrote it down this time because we learned from the last time we did this. For the first part of this lore book, please listen to episode 134. That was last week's episode. <laughs> if this is your first time listening, what are you doing here? Except if you are listening to this episode first, congratulations, you're doing it correctly. Welcome. Also, hello. I'm sorry. Wow. Welcome to this. Mixed signals much? I know. Do you know what? I'm born to be confusing, so... Hi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have blue hair. I mean, like, what do you expect? <laughs> Lol. Do you want to talk about this next one since you're reading it? So this is week five. Uh, Mara ponders about the Black Fleet and the entity that Zivu Arath is serving. Um, and then we actually talk to Savathun and she says, R.I.P. Cade. Now, how many saw beyond your ghost? 
how many followed the line of your light straight back to the traveler, and how many knew enough to aim a weapon there. A few. The smart ones. The dangerous ones. You'd recognize their names. And and essentially, Savathun was talking about like why we, quote, need, end quote, to work with her. Ikora and Petra talk about the current goings-on. We find out the Scorn are now being controlled by Zivu and the Entity. Uh, the Scorn are learning, changing, becoming something else. Savathun says, uh, Killing me is probably at the top of your to-do list as well, isn't it? They might have even taken a shot at me now. Look beyond me to my worm. Look beyond my worm to something far, far worse. Then look down at that little gun in your hand and tell me, what do you think you're going to do with that thing? And it was at that point that I was like, I'm going to turn you into a gun. <laughs> so this is entry five. Wick burnt black. Saints' recent reports were unfocused. Zavala says with a sigh. Ikora nods from across the office. She stands with her arms crossed lightly over her chest. He suffered through an eternity of battle to keep us safe. Then he comes to the tower and lets his guard down, lets himself care for someone. And that's when he gets hurt. She grimaces. Badly. Zavala shifts in his chair and runs his large hands over his desk. His palms have memorized its every bump, every groove. I'm giving him space, but I don't know what else I can do. I'm not sure he, if he even believes the real Osiris is hidden away somewhere. But he's out there all the same. He just has to do something. I can understand that feeling, Ikora says quietly. That's what I should have been doing. Seeing things my hidden mist, out in the field, putting the pieces together. Her lip curls in disgust. Not wasting time in the tower waiting for an attack. Zavala looks up at her and frowns. It's not like you to second-guess yourself. Ikora's jaw tightens. Bitter fire flickers in her eyes. Maybe I should. Her voice is brittle. I brought Osiris, Savathun, inside our walls. Yes, as you did with Mithrax and the House of Light. Zavala counters evenly. But Ikora lowers her eyes. People died for that, too. As Zavala rises from his seat, she turns away. The last thing she wants is to be comforted. She hears him lean against his desk, and a patient silence fills the room. Finally, Ikora lets her arms fall to her sides. When she looks at Zavala, his expression is one of confusion rather than concern. It's been years since I've heard you talk like this, he says. Frustration rises in her. I looked in his eyes and didn't see it. Neither did I. None of us did. Zavala's face looks almost serene, which makes Ikora want to hurl a Nova Bomb into it. Listen, he says. We have conquered the Cabal in their arenas. We have chased the Hive into their ascendant planes, the Vex deep into their network. 
We have been tricked by the god of trickery, and we have fought the god of war on the battlefield. Zavala's mouth tightens into a grim line. When we go up against gods, we fight them on their terms. That usually means we take the first hit. We can't choose when that happens. But we can make damn sure we're the ones left standing. He sits back down at his desk and racks a sheaf of papers, as if putting a period on his sentence. Ikora clasps her hands behind her back, then takes a long breath. I'll support him as best I can, she says. Share all my intel on Osiris. Anything we learned while my hidden were shadowing Crow after he first rose. If Savathun left a trail, I'll find it. I know you will, Savala says. Ikora allows his words to reach her. I wish there was a way to get him back, she says quietly. Saint or Osiris? Zavala asks, looking up. The hem of Ikora's robe whispers softly across the floor as she leaves the office. I think she means Cade. Yeah. I don't think she means either of them. I totally can see that. Because there have been small moments where Zavala and her talk about, you know, I wish Cade were here. Yeah. You know, the, the oxygen SR4 being the most prominent in my mind. So, yeah, I I can totally see that. Ikor has been dealing with this, like, really heavy burden of guilt for a long time, and it's been kind of eating at her. And she dealt with the same guilt uh, during Season of the Chosen and even last season uh, during Season of the Splicer. And I know I'm using season names and not season numbers. We talked about that last week. <laughs> but... Ugh. But she has. I mean, she she's, she's been wrestling with this and like internalizing it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like she's been dealing with the grief of losing Cade for three years, and and she's getting into moments like this where, you know, something tough is happening, and she keeps coming up with, you know, I wish there was a way to get him back, or you know, she mentions I miss him, and she doesn't say who specifically. So, like, that's up to the reader, but my money's on Cade. Yeah, I just, I really think it's Cade in this instance because she doesn't have, I mean, she has that tie to Osiris as him being her mentor, mm -hmm. but he was never really a father figure because he's always been kind of standoffish and assholey to everybody around him. And we can use, you know, the Trials of Osiris book that we read. Trials and Tribulations. Yeah. We can use that as an example. We can use, you know, just him in general. He's just like the biggest asshole in the, like, in the universe. Him leaving his burb husband. I'm still going to use that until the day I die as the biggest example <laughs> of him, like, being a dick. And you're not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. Um, he's always going to pursue his own agenda over being, you know, the sap, I think, or over being caring. Like he cares deep down. He cares in his own way, but it's 
not the same yeah, way it's not outward it's not the same way that that most other people do and i think saint understands that and saint is okay with that the same way that i i hate to use in generalities um because this is going to make me sound like an asshole it's the same way a lot of like more analytical scientists show caring maybe <laughs> like i'm not the best at showing caring um but it's just you have to just kind of find the person that accepts that and is okay with it and it's just like yeah it sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and you just have to kind of find the same 14 to be fine with it i guess yeah yeah i don't i don't see her being that way for Osiris and like wishing he was there to comfort her or something. Right. Cause he's not very comforting. Like, no, he kind of sucks. Like I wish there was a way to get him back. I mean, she's talking about share all my Intel on Osiris. And then I wish there was a way to get him back. Um, that could be in reference to Osiris. Like it's not going to be sane. Like, Saint's off on his own doing, you know, right. buddy cop shit. You know, being a bro. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, I, I I, can see this being, you know, her talking about Osiris, but I'm still putting my money on Cade. Yeah. This, this just, to me, speaks as, like, a wistful, I wish Cade was here because I need Cade in this yeah. moment because he would know exactly the thing to say to me. Or exactly the hunters to send after them or... Exactly. You know, exactly the distraction that I need to make this work better. Yep. Or anything like that, you know? And I, I could totally see that. Yeah. Now, the one thing that, that stood out to me, anything we learned while my hidden were shadowing Crow after he first rose. Hmm. So now... Is that actually talking about when he first rose back in Black Armory? I do not know. Or when she first became aware of him as a guardian? I do not know. Because, <laughs> like, that paints a whole weird dynamic. Because, like, if, if she knew about it way back in Black Armory, mm -hmm. the only reason we as players knew about it is because of the cutscene, and then there was nothing for ages that's weird so like i could see her getting intel about you know a new risen but it would just i i don't know i mean a lot of it boils down to the fact that she keeps information compartmentalized mm -hmm. so it's not something that's easily dis disseminated to us specifically so I, I could see her finding out about it beforehand, but like, I don't know. I, I just, I read that line and it, it just, it troubled me, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there was the fact that Ikora wanted to hurl a Nova bomb at Savala. Yeah. And his serene face. I mean, he does that. <laughs> That's his thing. Right? Yeah. If he doesn't stay calm, though, like things start falling apart. Then it apart. would just be, 
it would just be rage all the time because Ikora is like way too volatile. Yeah. For both of them. Like she's just like a little like basket of rage. Yeah. A rage basket. She's a can of whoop ass that's been shaken up. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't even know what that means. The moment you start trying to open it, it's just going to kick your ass. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go on to week six. Sounds good. Is there anything else that we missed in week five? Not anything I can think of. Okay. God, okay. What happened in week six? Oh, Crow touches Savathun just the way she likes it. What? And gets Aldrin's memories back. Oh, shit. That was this week. We don't know exactly what he saw, but there were enough actual Aldrin voice lines that it's safe to assume it's partially the truth or the whole truth, but nothing but the truth. So help me, Traveler. Crow calls Ikora and tells her that he needs to be somewhere else or he's done with it all. Just all of it. Whatever it all is, he's done with it. She assigns him to Keitel's ship. Hey there, guys. Editing Rindell here. I just wanted to pop on for a minute to give a little context for what you're about to listen to. So Elmist and Orchid typically record these episodes on either the weekend or the Monday before they go up. So in this case, the episode was recorded on December the 6th. Then, on the 9th, as we were already well underway with getting the episode put together and prepped for editing, we saw a tweet from Robert Brooks, who is one of the narrative leads at Bungie, that mentioned that there was a patch that was released that meant that all of Isolation was now readable. We decided that we needed to have the full chapter recorded for the episode, so Orchid re-recorded the section and pulled out all of her voice actress chops to make it sound fantastic. Just bear in mind as you're listening to the analysis that it is going to be a little off since we didn't have all that information at the time of the original recording. I'm sure you guys don't want to hear me ramble on, so without further ado, back to the show. Six. Isolation. Space is loneliness. Far removed from any of the system's planets, it is at once suffocatingly dark and blindingly bright depending on which way you turn. A jump ship sits in a fixed position in the black, engines off, oriented so its underbelly faces the glare of the distant sun. There is no true cockpit inside the radiant occipiter. The ship's canopy projects an image to the pilot. No frame, no obstructions. Just the infinite gulf. Crow stares up at the blackness between a cluster of stars he can't identify. He wishes he were there, where nothing is known, where everything can be new again. Clint rests in his guardian's lap. He's accustomed to Crow's hands cradling him, as though he were a small cat. But in this moment, Crow's head is instead in his hands, fingers tangled in his hair. Glint is silent, patient. He knows he has to be. Crow makes a small sound in the back of his throat and the ghost stirs. When this is followed by an unsteady hitch in his breathing, Glint floats up, 
presses himself to Crow's chest and begins to hum. Crow's hands close around him, clutching him against his heart. And that's how Glint knows Crow is still the same inside. Sulfurous plumes rise from fissures in the Venusian soil. Crow marches across the planet's surface, his boots crushing thin sheets of calcium that skim across shallow, iridescent pools of water. His jump ship is perched atop a rise nearby, clear of the unstable field he now traverses. Crow, please, Glint pleads over his guardian's shoulder. Can you tell me why we're here? Ahead, clouds of light and geometric shapes bloom into being. Glint lets out a sharp gasp and transmats away as Crow reaches for the hand cannon at his side. By the time the first Vex goblin manifests, Crow has already trained his sights on it. A single pull of the trigger takes the machine's head off and sends it staggering across the field, firing blindly. Two more goblins appear nearby, and Crow blasts away their limbs like a child separating a fly from its wings. He ends them with the last bullets in the cylinder. A shimmer of violet light within the temporal storm heralds the arrival of a Vex Minotaur. It bellows a roar across the Venusian flats and fires a volley of energized plasma through the air. Crow weaves between them, tumbles forward and through the shallow pools, and rises to his feet to shake out his hand cannon cylinder, sending brass shell casings raining to the ground. The Minotaur revises its place in history, appearing to teleport forward as it shifts to a more advantageous future. It closes in on Crow before he can finish reloading and grabs him by the head, hefting him off his feet. The Minotaur raises its plasma cannon to Crow's chest and... Crow sucks in on a sharp breath and his eyes open to winged serpents circling in the cloudy Venusian sky. He coughs violently, rolling onto his side. The Vex are gone. That was stupid! Glint chastises suddenly, and Crow remembers where, and when, he is. Why didn't you use your light? I wanted to test something, Crow says on sharp exhale. He pushes himself to his feet, only to find Glint an inch in front of his nose. What could you possibly be testing all the way out here? The little ghost asks, looking around at the desolate landscape. Then, the question Glint doesn't want to ask. Are you trying to hurt yourself? No, Crow seeds. He nudges Glint to the side and starts to head back for the jump ship, but Glint persists. Then why? He demands, blocking Crow's path. Because I wanted to know I was still me, Crow snarls, his teeth bared in a display of fury. Aldrin Sav could defeat a Minotaur without the light. His hackles lower. I needed... I needed to be sure that I'm not him, that you could still bring me back, that I was still worthy of this. Clint's binocular eye bobs down to look at the ground. He is silent. This time, Crow doesn't try to push past him. He stands still, listening to the blast of distant geysers, to the call of serpents in the sky. I'm sorry. Glint whispers. So there's an 
uh, a neat little reference um, in one of the earlier paragraphs. The Radiant Excipiter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that is the jump ship that we get from the Hawkmoon mission. It is. So essentially, that's Crow's jump ship. I I like that. It's a cool ship, too. It's really pretty. It is. It's got a sleek design, and it's 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 nice. Doesn't it have feathers on it? Yes. It, it's got, like, an actual etching of feathers on the wing. And it's, like, a feather on the wing, or two feathers. But, yeah, and it's a, a paracausal ship. But then the other reference that I, I find interesting is that Crow went to Venus, and it's not spoken of like why he went to Venus. Now his his jump ship reacts to, you know, directly to his thoughts. So right. he went there on purpose, but we have no idea why. Um, and then the last little reference that I I I love this so much. Crow was having a hard time sleeping and Glint just rested on Crow's chest again and just started humming to him. And it's like, that's Glint's way of, of calming Crow down. And I just, I, I love it. It's a cute scene. Apparently in, um, in Crow, the man I am, which is an interaction you have with him. He says, Time to say goodbye to the reef, to the only home I've ever known. So this is before he comes to the tower. He says, Osiris came by earlier. We talked for a while about my plans for the future. I told him I'd consider exploring somewhere remote like Venus, but he suggested a different course. I'm coming to the tower. Oh. So apparently he thought about going to Venus, but didn't. And he came to the tower instead. Okay. And and he just says, you know, exploring somewhere remote, like Venus. And like, there's nothing specifically tying him there, aside from just possibly exploring it. I mean, we also know from playing D1 that there's a lot of Elixni that are on Venus still. I don't know if uh, they're, I mean, Elixni that we're friendly with, but he's friendly with Elixni, and they're still on venus i'm assuming well, and just because we can't go to venus doesn't mean that like other people can't go to venus right. like i'm assuming venus is still open to a bunch of people just not us right in this iteration well, of destiny and and even then like in the shira story you know yeah she was last seen on venus that was reed's regret right i don't yeah. quite remember yeah, because she went to Venus. Yeah, that was Reed's regret. Uh, Shaira went because um, we don't know if it was Savathun influencing her or she just went bonkers. But um, she no, actually it was Shaira's wrath. Was it Shaira's wrath? Yep. Because she went to um, that. She went to Venus probably in Ishtar Sink. I'm thinking that's where I would have gone. Me being me. That's me being as like a D1 player thinking that's where a lot of information was. Well, uh, the, the, the second log says Venus, 
or Venus dash is dash ia. So Venus Ishtar sink. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where so the Guardian and the Elixni of House of Light met up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Shira just came in and made the entire place bloody. Right. So, I mean, that's where... So, we know now that on Venus, where we ourselves in D2 have not gone, except for, you know, our moment in time going to the yeah. fucking vault of glass. Don't even get me started. <laughs> so, D2, where we've not gone... <laughs> um. So, we have now Crow having gone to Venus for some reason... We have Shire going and just fucking people up, probably in the Ishtar sink. We have um, Mithrax and Saint hunting down any information on Osiris, like pre-Savathun abduction by going through Vex records, right? Yep. So going to Ishtar Academy and all their Vex research shit is there. Potentially. We don't know. Maybe. They're there. Like... So there's a bunch of stuff happening on Venus that we don't know about, right? Yeah. There's tons of stuff happening. So so him going to Venus, like, makes sense in, like, the grand scheme of things. This also breaks my heart, like, thinking of him just kind of, like, breaking down after getting his memories back and knowing that we're the ones that killed him. And we've been <laughs> lying to him this entire time. To be fair, like, we haven't lied. We never... Haven't we, though? It, it, we, it's we, a live omission. That's that, that. And we were under orders to not tell him by, you know, the person that we thought was Osiris. We were also told by Ikora not to tell him, by Zavala not to tell also him. Also Vanguard Bylaw. Like by Mara not to tell him, which is a stupid law. Well, I, I Anna Bray knows who she is. I can somewhat see why, but it it ultimately for for Crow, like it is a odd circumstance. I feel like they should have told him, you know, it, or given him the choice. And and I mean he chose before, the, saying you know he didn't want to know about the man he was before. Yeah, I mean we could have easily said like yeah I know who you were. Do you want to know? But that would that would require our guardian to talk. <laughs> we could have done it off screen. I'm sure our guardian talks all the time. I know if it was me, I'd put my ghost in a fucking sock and throw in a backpack so it wouldn't talk at all <laughs> jesus but yeah i i agree with you though like this is it's a heartbreaking scene yeah he just found out all his past memories found out the man he that that he used to be and he's just breaking down and he's having a hard time with it and glint is trying to help however he can yeah which at this point is just pressing up against his chest and humming 
mm-hmm. you know, trying to to soothe him in whatever way he can. Right. It's it's heartbreaking. It is. It really just it makes your heart hurt. You want to read the next one? See if our heart still hurts. Sure. Okay. And this is hurt me, Papa. Uh, I. And this is week seven. Mara talks about Crow and Savathun, lamenting about when she first met Crow and Savathun's manipulation of him. Uh, Petra talks about Savathun's exorcism, but mentions that it can't be done until there's a cosmic alignment. It will take time. Uh, Then she thanks us for rescuing the Techians and talks about Crow. Savathun thinks she's the catalyst that brings humanity and the reef together. She then talks about Mara's rage and how the time is almost here for the exorcism, but this is the final time we'll talk to her before then. And Glint, like, this is the part that I loved about that week. Glint asks Petra about what Savathun showed Crow and the situation he's fallen into. And Petra responds with, Be patient, little light. He'll come around. How do you know? Because Aldrin was always a fool for love, and your crow loves you. I love that. Like, that was just, I I watched, or I I listened to that line, and it just, it tore at me. I was like, that is, oh, I love that so much. I'm not tearing up, you're tearing up. You're definitely tearing up. Because I'm a sap. All right, this is entry seven. Interpolation. I hate you. It's the first thing Mara says on reaching Savathun's crystalline prison. Her words lack heat, but echo through the cavernous chamber nonetheless. I just want to be absolutely clear on this. I hate you. And I wish nothing but pain and suffering for the rest of your miserable existence. The crystal shimmers, and Savathun's gentle laughter ripples through Mara's mind. I know, the Witch Queen murmurs. I could have you jettisoned into the sun, Mara says coolly. But unlike some creatures, I uphold my word when I give it. But we are the same creature, are we not? Savathun wonders. Although Mara can't see her smile, she has no difficulty imagining what it looks like. I am nothing like you. No, of course not. Savathun's voice is easy and languid. Some might mistake her for being sincere. Mara has taken the same tone too many times in her own life not to recognize it for what it is. I thought you were a powerful, competent woman plagued by a difficult relationship with her family, Savathun says. Someone who weaves complicated, long-spun schemes across the arc of time's bow. My mistake. Mara stares at the crystal, clenches her jaw, and turns her back to leave. But before she can take even one step toward the door, she feels Savathun's consciousness brush like silk against hers. I thought you were someone who believes herself to be so smart, Savathun purrs, that she is easily blinded by her own ambitions and self-appointed genius. 
Someone who is so certain of her solutions that she fails to see the inherent peril in her plans. And yet, too embarrassed to ever admit she may have gone astray. Tension knots the muscles in Mara's shoulders and back. Over the years, she has trained her face to remain a mask. She is not always as skilled when it comes to the rest of her body. Savathun continues. I thought you were someone so afraid of being vulnerable that you'd rather fail than enough. Mara rounds on Savathun's prison with the precision of an angry viper. She does not raise her voice. Instead, she lowers it. That might work on him, she says, the last word like fire on her lips because it still pains her to refer to Crow by any name. But you'll find my armor has fewer gaps. Power surges around her hands as she slams them against the crystalline surface. A lattice of radiant energy winds itself around Savathun's prison, and Mara hopes that the furious drumming of her heart and intermittent flare of her nostrils will be mistaken for exertion, not a different kind of weakness. When the spell is complete, Mara steps back, her glowing eyes dim. She wavers with fatigue listening for the psychic echo of Savathun's voice inside her skull. There is only silence. Shut up, Mara breathes. A strange marriage of relief and loathing. Shut up. This is what I wanted to see, like, in-game. You know? Right? This is exactly what the in-game interaction between the two really needed honestly because i felt really kind of let down at the end of their interactions between each other if it felt very empty well like like the the interaction between the two characters feels disconnected it did yeah like i i know that they're like they are referring to each other all the time but Mm-hmm. We don't ever see them interacting with each other. It's always no in lore, right? Like it would have been good to see just one cutscene, right, of the two of them talking, and we just happen to come in on it, right? So I agree with you on that. Yeah, it's just too bad. I I would have really liked to have that interaction or to have like a small cutscene, but I know that's act. That's asking a lot yeah. from a team that had, you know, the 30th anniversary coming up and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Especially when it was just a weekly thing that they were doing. But I would have rather foregone the weekly stuff and had that interaction because I feel like this is more important in the end than having a weekly interaction. Right. Like this is more story and game changing than having that you know like oh what happened in destiny this week oh this happened like this is more important like this should have been in game right like the interactions for week seven are kind of important they're weak like they they are 
they they they're very weak, but mm-hmm. they're setting up the whole exorcism bit. Yeah. So like they are important, but they're it it's it's weak sauce. Yeah. But like week six, no, even then, week five, yeah, week five, we could have done without a lot of the conversation because it was just Savathun riling us up. Mm-hmm. You know, R.I.P. Cade. Mm-hmm. So like it, yeah, there are certain bits of dialogue that we could have done without. Right. And if they would have had a cutscene like this in its place, it would have been good. Right. No, no. I mean, it's interesting that Savathun compares herself to Mara. I thought that was different, but they are kind of two sides of the same coin. I can yeah. see why she did it. And a part of it is to unseat Mara and to get her off kilter. Because this is one of the few times we've seen Mara like truly angry. Aside from when she yelled at our ghost that one time. I know, but this is like, this is Mara like angry because of her brother. Yeah. And she only really gets angry because of her brother. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, this is really, this, this entire entry, like when I read it the first time in game, I was like, oh my God, this entry is so good. But now I'm reading it and I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't know what to say about it because I've read it multiple times and it's super good, but I don't know. Uh, it's just straightforward. Yeah. It's very straightforward. Savathun is making comparisons that can easily be made. Mm-hmm. And Mara's getting upset about it. Right. Like it's, it's, yeah, I I don't know what to say other than it's very straightforward. Do you want to uh, read our final entry? The final entry that uh, you can, I think it's in-game. I've checked. Because it's just in-game. Yeah, it's in-game, isn't it? I've checked. It's not. It's not? It should have dropped by now. I I don't know what to tell you. I checked, and it's not. Okay, well, as of... um, as of today, uh, which is uh, December 6th, 2021 at 7.23 p.m. Pacific time, it is not in-game, so uh, turn off the podcast if you don't want spoilers, but if you've come this far, I don't think you really care. <laughs> so, um, what happened this week as of, yeah, it's not been released, uh, this will be tied to the season's end event in February. We're not waiting that long because we have 30th anniversary shit to do and other things to read and things to prepare for Witch Queen. And yep. I'm kind of done waiting and I'm not going to wait for the season's end event to do ripples. So we've got shit to, to, we have shit to do. Okay. Bungie, I'm not going to play your game. So. This is Correspondence 8. 8 Correspondence. That's the name. It's Correspondence. Brother. The Witch Queen has been banished from the Dreaming City. We are no longer bound by her secrets. You are no longer bound by your own. I have been told my trajectory leads to solitude. In truth, I believed myself arrived for some time. I would change course if given the opportunity. There was a time I feared you would lose yourself trying to follow me. 
The time has passed. No matter the name you take, you are unrepentantly yourself, which is to say reluctant and stubborn in ways I find enraging. And I love you for it. I ask neither forgiveness nor understanding. I offer only sanctuary and tea if you would be amenable. I am here if you decide to come home. Mara. Considering we don't know how we actually got the entry, I, I don't know what to comment. <laughs> aside, we can guess. Aside from the fact that... I'm going to wing it. Right. It, it sounds like the exorcism actually worked. I'm assuming um, the Witch Queen is not here anymore. Um, they're not bound by our secrets, so now everyone knows about the Dreaming City. Maybe uh, anyone can come and go as they please. That's it. The end. Well, like people already knew about the Dreaming City because everybody knew about the curse. But they didn't. We didn't know about the Dreaming City until Forsaken. Right. Until she opened the Dreaming City to Guardians. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, everybody knows about the Dreaming City currently. Not, I wouldn't say everyone. Just people she allows to go into the Dreaming City. That's just Guardians. That's not everybody. You're saying everybody like it's everybody. Well, because like... For one thing, the Awoken probably wonder where all their Corsairs went, and they were stuck in that time loop. Yeah. So, like, how long can they feasibly keep that under wraps? True. And, and yeah, the, the Guardians. I, so, I guess the civilians wouldn't. Civilians of the, the last city. Mm -hmm. And some of the enemy races. Although... Some of them wouldn't right. really care. Yeah. So I just, when I say everyone, it's more of just for everyone that it actually matters to. Right. But yeah, it, my guess is that the exorcism actually worked. We exorcised the worm. Savathun ends up being who she, you know, is in Witch Queen. We probably end up actually killing her in the mission. And then she reses in her throne world. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why we go in and, and try and take care of her there. Because, I mean, that's kind of what we did with Oryx. Yeah. And Crota. Yeah. And I'm I'm also looking at this, realizing that this is literally prep for the Witch Queen expansion. I don't know. It's just like, it's the end. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, okay. Well. So, Orchid, did you enjoy the book? Yeah, I think so. I, like every complaint I have about a book, I would rather... um. I, I would really rather it not be tied to weekly stuff. Really would. That's like my main complaint about these books is that they are tied to weekly quests. And it is just so much better when the books are standalone and you can like focus on one character. Like I really liked Forsaken Prince. I really liked Chronicon. 
I really liked books like that. Books like Drifter's Gambit or stuff like that that are just like not tied to weekly things. Just like literally anything that's not tied to a <laughs> weekly story. Like name any lore book that we have ever done before. <laughs> like even even Mara Senna is better than this lore book in some respects. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. <sighs> December 6th, 2021, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. No. No, how much I don't like Marathona. That's why I'm marking just, it on the calendar. I know. God. And it's, it's not even because it's like, it's not even written poorly. It's, just, it's not my, it's not a book for me. It's just, I, I don't want a lore book where i have to remember what happened that week or that supplement something that i did in game that i have to have been present for because bungie's been so good about being like no no we want to make sure that you don't have that feeling of like a fomo but instead we're going to write a lore book that gives you the feeling of fomo and then makes it useless if you weren't there you want to read it a year later and you're like well why are you doing this like Come on. I can go back and read Black Armory Papers and it is a good book and it gives you lore and it has it's not tied to anything. It's literally just a good read. I can go back and read lore from like I can just go read grimoire pages and they're good. But what the fuck is this? Yeah, this tells me nothing. I mean, I can read it. It sort of tells me a story. But I'd rather not have to remember things I did that week in order to get like the full story out of it, because I feel like it it fills a lot of there's a lot of gaps that are that are present because of that. So that is my main complaint. Well, and and I, I will piggyback off of that. Like there's gaps in the lore book because of it, because we're having to remember what exactly happened during that week. And mm -hmm. there's gaps in the actual storytelling in game because this is covering stuff that would have made the interactions better. Right. So like I completely agree. I I'm not a big fan of the supplemental books and and the the closest that I can think of from an older lore book that would be even remotely close to this is like the last half of Awoken of the Reef. Oh, okay. The stuff that's not tied to the Marasena. Um, it's all just a bunch of stories about different Awoken in the reef. Like, just like what it says. But there's no central characters. It's just various people. So, like, they can do a lore book like that and be successful with it. But I... I think the major disconnect in my head is that this is still tied to a weekly quest and interactions in game mm, yeah and like i like that they're trying to make the lore relevant to the actual story that's going on in game but this took it a little too far mm -hmm. just the lore books this year have taken it a little too far now all the negative being said there are plenty of mm -hmm. entries in this that i actually did like right but again, it's not as successful because I'm having to remember what happened that week. I mean, I did really like all of the I did like how supplemental it was, 
But at the same time, I did hate how supplemental it was. <laughs> you liked that it elaborated on the story of the week, but you hated that it but, was disconnected. Yeah. Thank you. That that sums it up perfectly. Yeah. Because I mean, pretty much that. Because I mean, honestly, like I didn't read any of these entries until I was pulling show notes together, and that was just a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. I don't read things as I I unlock them in game. Right. So I typically wait for the lore book to actually fully release. And then it's like, all right, now I will dive in. Oh, I can't remember shit. So I like, I was lucky that we actually had notes written up for each of the, the weeks. Because mm-hmm. otherwise I would have been completely lost. But yeah, I mean, it was okay. Like, could have been worse. It could have. Anyway, do you have any shout outs? Ooh, shout out to my brother. He's currently getting, like, he's on the recovery portion of COVID. And he's dealing with all kinds of weird symptoms. Like, oh, I can't even remember what the actual name of it is, but he's smelling weird things that are making him nauseous. And it's just, it's. Like, I feel for the guy. What about you? Is he getting the thing where he, like, smells, like, rotting things? Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. That might not go away for months. Oof. It might be months. Oof. Yeah. If it's more of a long-term thing. Well, the doctors currently have him on some nausea medicine. Yeah, that should help. To treat that symptom. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not going to help with the actual smell or anything. Gosh. So, yeah. Well, I hope it gets better. Uh, what about you? Shout outs? Uh, I'll shout out Guardians Mental Health. Thank you so much for having me in your really, really lovely um, charity stream. If you guys need any mental health resources, uh, Guardians Mental Health is really, really good. and You should go check them out at guardiansmh.org you can search for guardians mental health on google and you can find them really easily their latest uh, mental health kit was made um, with the blessing of bungee and resolute who's one of their artists or kind of their main artists uh, worked really hard um, to do a lot of the layouts um, for that and it's gorgeous and there's a lot of guest artists that Worked really hard to put a bunch of stuff in it. I know Maddie did some lore reading in it. You can like scan a card and like listen to like Matt, like Mylan do a lore reading. And it's (laughs) super neat. I know, right? (laughs) So if you want to listen to Matt do a lore reading, you can do that. It's really cool. So, um, and we've all been like really stressed, like COVID fucking stupid. And with like... It seems like every single week there's something new and dumb in the news about COVID or whatever else is happening. And my job is garbage. (laughs) Like, I am so stressed out. I swear to God, I'm going to like lose my hair. I'm so stressed and I like don't sleep anymore. Just know that like you're not alone. Like we're here. Uh, Even if you think you don't have anybody like you have friends even if you're like, I don't have any friends near me, like I'm all by myself. Like you have destiny friends, you have us 
If you don't think you have anyone to talk to, you can talk to us. Guardians Mental Health has lots of ambassadors. They're all super friendly people. Like, I just crawled into their Discord. I'm like, hey, guys, what's up? And they're like, hey, Orchid. Like, party's here. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, it's they're really, really nice. And they're really caring. And definitely, like, they have lots of resources. And they will help you if you need anything. And they're just, like, they're just good if you need someone to talk to. I need people to talk to sometimes, too. And Elmas needs people to talk to. Yep. And that's what we're here for. Like, sometimes, like, like I just fucking burst into tears the other day. I'm I'm a wreck right now. Like, I'm, I'm not having a good time at the moment. I'm trying to find a new job because my job hates me. So I'm I'm not good at the moment. But I've got friends helping me. So they can help you try to find someone to talk to, you know, just know that there we're here if you need someone to talk to. Just there are resources for you. Guardians Mental Health can help with that. So I thank them for allowing me to help with their charity drive. Um, get yourself a mental health kit because they're fun and relaxing and free. They'll just send you one for free. You don't have to pay anything, not even shipping and handling is free. Yep. And don't feel bad about asking for one because I told them I'm like, but I don't want one because what if someone else needs it? And they're like, you dumb shit. Like, that's what they're for. If you feel like you need one, we have one for you. That's why we made them. So you can have one. And I was like, oh, I see. So don't feel bad. Okay. Just ask them for one. Yep. Go on their website and request one. They'll send one to you. They're for you. They're for all of us. Okay. Okay. And I, I second that. Yeah. It's okay. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Or if you just want to talk. It's okay. Alright. I have some special things. The audio for this episode was produced by Rendell Zevas. You can find him at Rendell Zevas on Twitter. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of Volshock B on Twitter. He is very cool. Music in this episode is copyright of Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. Yay! If you'd like to dive into the Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They are the resource we use to make our show notes. Thank you, Baxter. Thank you, Baxter. Yay. Here's a reminder. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can find me at hey, it's Orchid. You can find Elemis at I underscore am underscore Elemis. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you can leave reviews. It actually helps us because then other people can find our podcast. But you know what actually helps us the most? Telling your friends about us. It actually helps us more than anything else. So just be like, hey, I heard about this really weird podcast called Guardians of Lore. Do you want to hear about it? And then just tell them. So I mean, like, tell your friends about us. <laughs> Why don't you listen to these weirdos? <laughs> Listen to these chuckle fucks reading shit like they know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. Uh, join our Discord, uh, discord.gg slash lorehub. There's also a link in the episode description if you are too lazy to type shit into your browser. That's about it. Elmas, do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.